There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue this series that God has given us entitled God's Stimulus Package. This is the fifth of seven messages in this series. God said in society, in this world, a stimulus package is a set of economic provisions a government enacts in order to uplift an economy, to stimulate an economy, to respond in the time of crisis. Where there is an economic crisis, listen to this, the government puts an infusion of capital resources, loans, checks, uh, monetary funds into the economy. But God says, I'm different. God says, when you're in a crisis, when your back is against the wall, I won't send you a check in the mail, but I'll send you the word. I'll send you something that will lift your spirits, something that will inspire you and encourage you. God has done this in this series over the last four weeks. And now in this fifth message in this uh, wonderful series, God says, here is a, another word from me to encourage you, perhaps during your darkest hours. The text for today's message is Psalms 34. We are lifting up three verses in Psalms 34, verses 17, 18, and 19. We've chosen the New Living Translation as uh, the translation to read uh, today from this wonderful text. Hear the reading of God's word in this fifth message from this series entitled God's Stimulus Package. Verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them. <laughs> Listen to this. He rescues them from all their troubles. Verse 18 the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Once again, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. In verse 19, the righteous person faces many troubles. Here it is again for the third time. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. The subject for this fifth message in this series is lifted from that 17th verse. That verse says, call to him for help. He rescues them from all their trouble when they call to him for help. We want to speak from the subject, when you call on the Lord. When you call on the Lord. There was a very popular show, or is a popular show, on television called Family Feud. In June of 2015, on this popular television show entitled Family Feud, the question 
was asked, who when you are in trouble? That very simple question. Who do you call when you are in trouble? Listen to what the survey said was the top answers that was given by the general public. The, the top answer was parents. 45% of those who surveyed says we call our parents. Second answer was law enforcement. 33% of those who were surveyed say we call on law enforcement. The, the third answer was a lawyer. 9% of those who were surveyed says I'll call my lawyer. The fourth answer was spouse. 7% of the respondents says, I'll call on my spouse. The last answer was friends. 6% of those who responded says, we will call on one of our good friends. Now, what got me was that how interesting it was to note that no one in the survey said they would call on the Lord. That wasn't listed. Perhaps they said it, but it wasn't a significant amount of people to register as one of the top five responses. It was not that I would call on the Lord. Now, that survey was done in 2015. Perhaps if that same question was asked today in 2020, that question was asked today after the global pandemic, if that question was asked today after having 5 million plus people test positive for COVID-19, if that question was asked today, having over 300 people to lose their lives to this awful, dreadful pandemic, perhaps the answer would be different. Sometimes we've got to go through stuff to make us realize who we really need in our lives. But listen, who you choose to call when you are in trouble says a whole lot about who you are and who you choose to put your faith and trust in. It says a lot about the person you are and the kind of faith you possess. I'm reminded of something that is very vivid in my memory. January 1st, 1982, in the early uh, evening, late afternoon of that New Year's Day holiday, my mother and father were on their way back from the Veterans Hospital visiting my grandfather, who was gravely ill. As they were traveling down Atlas Road, they crossed the intersection of Bluff, of Atlas Road, I'm sorry, and Sharp Road. 
This was even before there was a red light there. There was a stop sign. And a lady ran the stop sign. And a horrible accident happened. It knocked my father out of the car, unconscious, lying on the sidewalk, fighting for his life. Some of the neighbors saw that. In fact, some of the neighbors who went to Bible Way at the time on Atlas Road saw that. And the ambulance was called, but immediately <laughs> they picked up the phone and called Mother Lottie Reese and Mother Josephine Anderson. They were prayer warriors at Bible Way. They didn't have a degree in theology. They weren't experts in psychology, but they knew how to get a prayer through. And I wondered how they got to the scene so fast. They were there before we got there. They were, and they said that somebody called and says, call Mother Joe and call Mother Reese. Mother Joe has since gone on to be with the Lord. Mother Reese is over 90 years old. When I got to the scene, Mother Anderson and Mother Joe were on their knees in asphalt, laying their hands on my dad, calling on the name of the Lord. When we took him to the hospital, the doctor says, your father is lucky. Said most people would have lost their life with such a horrific and horrible accident. And I wanted to say to him, no, doctors, he wasn't lucky. You don't know who they call. <laughs> they called on the name of the Lord because they knew that when they were in trouble, whew, they had to get a prayer through. So the question for us today as people of faith is who do we call when we are in trouble? I love my parents, but there are things that are happening in my life that has happened, things that have happened in my life that I could not call them. I had to call a higher source. I have a wonderful wife. We've been married for a long time. She is a prayer warrior extraordinary. But there are times in my life where I can't call on my wife. I have to have a relationship to know how to call on the Lord my God. Such is the case in our text that we've chosen for this message today. David answers this question for us. The question of who do we call when we are in trouble? Listen to the context uh, that inspired David to write the text. It is believed that David writes this inspiring psalm during a very difficult time in David's life. He and his family were living as fugitives on the run because King Saul, who had been his mentor, had now turned his back on David and became his antagonist. The one who was his encourager is now pursuing David as an enemy. David had done nothing wrong, but yet people will change on you. Because of Saul's insane jealousy and insecurity, he began to pursue David because of the anointing that was on David's life. Can I say something to someone out there? 
everyone is not going to celebrate your anointing. I want to say something to these young people who have surrounded me and singing uh, today as gifted as talent as you are. Everyone is not going to celebrate you. There are people in your life that are with you as long as you don't pass where they are. But when Saul realized that he could kill a thousand, but David could kill 10,000, Saul couldn't deal with that. Although David was a part of his army, he was killing Saul's enemies, not David's enemies. Saul became insanely jealous, turned his back on David, and now no longer a mentor, no longer someone uh, that he looked up to. David was Saul's personal musician. David was someone that Saul invited into the palace. And when Saul was restless at night, uh, uh, David would play the common music uh, that would soothe his restless soul. It's nothing like soothing music uh, to comfort your soul. Such was the case with the relationship with David and Saul. But that all changed. And now, listen, David now lives on the run. David now has no place to call his home. Uh, he has fled from his homeland. Uh, he now lives in caves, in dens, in the land of the Philistine. Why is this so important, Pastor Jackson? You've got to understand that the Philistines were the arch enemies of Israel. The Philistines, uh, the land of the Philistine was the homeland of the giant Goliath that David took his head off. And now he's living in his enemy's territory. No place to call his own. Uh, places like Ziglag. He's going from here to there because he trusts in the Lord. However, what David discovered, here's what the Lord said to me. He says, one of the great things that will come from this crisis that we're going through is that we're going to discover something about our relationship with the Lord that perhaps we would have never known if we had not gone through anything. That's why you've got to learn how to thank God for the struggle. That is why you've got to learn how to thank God for hardships and hard times. Because if it had not been for what we're going through, perhaps we would not have developed a relationship with the Lord like we have. In fact, I said this morning during the 8 o'clock service uh, that I am better and greater and I have a better relationship and a greater walk with the Lord because of the last 10 weeks. What perhaps the enemy thought would shut us down lifted us up. <laughs> That's what David discovered. David discovered that my valley experiences made me a better person. It made me a greater worshiper. And so he writes this text. And in this text, there are three key things uh, that David came to realize about his relationship 
with the Lord. And I suggest to you today, my brothers and sisters, that these are things uh, that we could also say that we've come to realize about our relationship with the Lord. The first key thing that David came to realize was this, that it is important uh, to consistently and constantly praise God. Even, listen to this, during the most difficult times in our lives. David came to the realization that my praise cannot just be in the palace. My praise cannot just be a musician in favorable conditions. But if I'm a real praiser, if I'm a true worshiper, then my worship is not relegated to a building or a place. Let me say this, it is so important because we've heard this in the last several days. People have said that the church is essential. And I beg the difference. I says the church buildings are not essential. The worship is essential. And the people who worship are essential. And when you realize that it's your worship that is essential, then you can bless God at all times. And your, his praise shall always be in our mouth. Uh, we've come to the realization over the last 10 weeks that as much as I love seeing people worship God in church, as much as I love being in the settings with believers, I've come to the realization, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't really need y'all to praise God. I know how to praise God for myself, by myself, at all times. Woo! And sometimes it's not until we are forced to shut down that we've come to realize that I can bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall always be in my mouth. And so what David came to realize was that his praise could be consistent and that he could bless God at all times in his life. He did not have to be in Jerusalem or in Bethlehem to praise God, but he could bless God in Ziklag. He could bless God in the enemy's territory. My question to you today, my brothers and sisters, is that have you learned how to give God your best praise at all times? Don't say, and I've heard people say, I, Pastor, I can't wait to get back to church. When I get back to church, I'm going to praise God like I've never praised God before. And my response is, what if you don't get back? then can you still praise God like you've never praised God before? Turn your kitchen into your sanctuary. Turn your living room into your prayer altar. Turn your restroom into the altar of God where you bow on your knees and say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help. I know you've got to praise God at all times. So David learned during this most difficult time in his life 
uh, that his praise to God would be consistent and constant. He writes in verse number one, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. Second key thing that David learned uh, was that he learned that it was important to know that you can always call on the name of the Lord. David realized something, that he was a long ways from home. He could not call his father Jesse. He could not call his brother Eliab. Could not call King Saul because he was now his enemy. But he knew that I can call on the name of the Lord. David writes in verse 17, the A clause, these words. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. In other words, God hears his people when they call for him for help. What David came to understand was that God will help you no matter where you are. That he is a very present help in the time of trouble. The third thing that David came to realize was this. He came to realize that it is important to have faith to believe that when you call on him, when you praise him at all times, he will come to your rescue. Three times in three verses, he uses the word rescue. He uses the word, the Lord will come to your rescue. Verse 19, he writes these most powerful, iconic words. And I'm using the New King James Version in verse 19. Uh, he writes these words that are so important. David said, listen to how the New King James puts it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Woo! But the Lord <laughs> delivered them out of them all. You don't need to know anything else but this. Many are the troubles or the afflictions of the righteous. But God, but the Lord delivers the righteous from all that they're going through. David said, I had to have my back against the wall before I realized these things about God. Before I realized that I can praise him at all times. Before I realized that if I call on him, he will answer. Before I realized that God will rescue me from everything that I am going through. So my brothers and sisters, listen to me as you go through whatever you're going through. I stop by to share with you some important takeaways. These are three takeaways from this message you need to remember. And we'll place them on the board and keep them on our webpage for you because it is important as you deal with what you're dealing with. Number one is this. We all at some point 
in our lives will need to call on someone for help. I don't care how strong you think you are. I don't care uh, how talented and anointed you may think you are. There will be a time in your life in which you will have this valley experience, in which you will have to call on someone for help. Second key takeaway is this. Who we, and we've said this before, and I want to reiterate this, <clears throat> who we choose to call says a lot about who we are and who we choose to put our faith in. Here's my question to you. Who will you call first? <laughs> when your back is against the wall, will you call on the name of the Lord? Will you lift your hands and say, Lord, I need you more than I've ever needed you before? Will you say, Lord, I can't do it Ooh. on my own? You don't come to my rescue, Lord. I can't make it. Here's the question. Who do you call? Who will you call when there's nobody else to go to? When mothers can't help you and fathers can't help you, pastors cannot pull you through, can you get on your knees and call on the Lord? Here's the third takeaway. If we have the faith to call on the Lord, he has promised. <laughs> Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. It takes faith when your back is against the wall. It takes faith when they're operating on your heart. <laughs> it takes faith woo, when your body has been cut and surgeons standing over you. And you know, Lord, if you don't bring me out of this, woo, I won't make it. It takes faith when you have a condition that only God can deliver you from. Listen, I want to close with this example of a testimony found in the gospel that was recorded by St. Mark. Chapter 10, verses 46 and through 52 about a man that is simply known in the Bible as blind Bartimaeus. <laughs> Let me share with you, if I can, Bartimaeus' testimony. And in fact, just let me read the text to you. The text says it all. The New Living Translation, verse 46, says, Then they reached Jericho, and Jesus and his disciples left the town. A large crowd followed him. A blind man named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. What history would tell you is that not only was Bartimaeus blind, but his father was blind. He inherited his disability. I wish I could preach this. I, I, he inherited what he was going through. 
Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside. Verse 47, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. He began to cry out. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus wasn't concerned about who heard him. He wasn't concerned about what people said about him. He wasn't concerned about his reputation. But he cried out, Jesus, I know who you are. You are the Messiah. You are the son of David. Have mercy on me. Verse 49 says, when Jesus heard him, uh, but let, let's go to verse 48 first because it tells us something special. Uh, those who were around him, when they heard him cry out, said to Bartimaeus, be quiet. Uh, but when they said that, the text says, it only made him cry louder. <laughs> when they tell you to shut up, when they tell you to stop calling on the name of the Lord. That is when you got to call him louder. That's when you've got to give God an undignified shout, an undignified cry. Some of us are too cute and that's why we got to just call on God. Jesus, Bartimaeus says, son of David, woo, have mercy on me. In other words, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need a breakthrough. Verse 49 says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said to Bartimaeus, come here. They called the blind man and said, cheer up, for he is calling you. Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up to his feet and came to Jesus note this and Jesus said to him now Jesus knew everything but Jesus wanted to test his faith Jesus said to him Bartimaeus he says uh, what do you want me to do for you Bartimaeus said Lord I want to see Woo. tell God what you want Somebody ought to right now lift your hands and tell God what you want. Heal my body. Touch my family. Deliver my daughter. Heal my son. Lord, I need you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Somebody ought to lift your hands and say, Lord, I, I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. In your living room, stand to your feet, wave your hands in the air and say, Lord, I need a miracle. Call him. Call him. What's his name? 
I dare you to call him. 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 I dare you to walk around like you're at the altar and begin to call him. Woo! Listen. Verse 52 of the text says, And Jesus said to him, Go for your faith has healed you. What healed Bartimaeus was not the touch of Jesus, but it was the faith of Bartimaeus to call on him when everybody told him to shut up. It was the faith to call on him when no one else around. He wasn't the only blind man on the road. He wasn't the only one on that road that needed a miracle. And the Bible says instantly. Woo, don't miss this, my brothers and sisters. Instantly, the man could see. Ah, the curse has been broken. The son of Timaeus, the blind boy born to the blind daddy. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> now see, God says, I don't care what your family went through. I don't care what you've gone through. The curse is broken. Your faith has set you free. And because Bartimaeus called on the name of the Lord, he walked away with something his father did not have. He had his sight. He walked away with something the others on that road told him to be quiet did not have he had his sight and now as we prepare for this altar experience I need you to do me a favor this number is on the screen some of you your backs are against the wall you feel like Bartimaeus perhaps you feel like David I'm living in the land of my enemies but I will bless God consistently and constantly. I will call on the name of the Lord and I will have the faith to believe that he will come to my rescue. When Bartimaeus cried out, something happened. Listen to the words of one of my favorite songs of the old church. Brother Todd Garbutt put it this way and the church of old would sing this song. I'm crying Savior, Savior. Hear my humble cry. Woo. While on others thou art calling do not pass 
me by. You have to cry out. You have to stretch your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, have your way. Move in a mighty way. This is a sacred time right now. And if you want prayer, if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want someone to pray for your healing and your deliverance, pray for your family, call us right now. As the Young Adult Praise Team blesses us with this song, I need you to join us in this altar worship experience. Somebody, yeah. my testimony uh, here my my Lord I need you right now uh, wherever you are lift your voices and say all the worshipers come on
them from all <laughs> their troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> but the Lord delivers them from them all. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. <laughs> It doesn't matter what you're going through. God's stimulus package to you this morning simply says when you call him, he'll come to your rescue. One more time, praise team. Come on. All of the worship. Close those eyes, if you will, if you're in a position to just lift those hands to the Lord. Lifting of the hands is symbolic to, Lord, I surrender my will to your will. Bartimaeus, when he called him, the text says, and he stripped himself of his coat. <laughs> that text is so important, and perhaps I'll preach it before the year is over. Stripping of the coat means I lose my identity. And I'm standing before you in total transparency. Here I am, Lord, <laughs> standing before you with nothing of my own. Somebody's crying out right now. Somebody, someone right now needs to call on the Lord. You've called friends. You've called experts. You've called your neighbors and your family members. And nothing changed in your life. <laughs> Do me a favor. Just call on the Lord. Just begin to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. My family needs you. I need you, Lord. If 
if, if you don't make a way, I don't know how I will survive. God, you will respond to the brokenhearted, to those whose spirits have been crushed. You will come to their rescue. Someone right now, Lord, has buried a loved one. Someone right now, Lord, can't even get to the bedside of a parent or a grandparent who is quarantined in a nursing home. They haven't seen them in months. Ooh. The enemy says you need to give up. But I'm hearing you says no when you call on God. God will give you an inner peace. Ooh. God will give you a sense of peace to know that everything is going to be all right. And even if you don't see them again on this side, when this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, you have a building of God, a house not made by hands. I close those eyes. Call that number right now. If you want to be a part of this ministry, if you want to be saved, amen. It doesn't matter where you are. What the pandemic has done is that it has taken the doors off the churches. It has taken the boundaries from around the congregations and the buildings. And it has shown us that the church is larger than the building. It's greater than your location. It is where you come together in unity, touching and agreeing, even virtually, that God is a good God. So if you want to be a part of what God is doing, just give us a call right now. Close those eyes right now. Eternal Father, we thank you. We thank you for this fifth message in this series. Thank you, God, for reminding us that when our backs were against the wall, when we needed a stimulus, <laughs> you didn't have to send a check. You did not uh, make sure that we could get along, but you sent your word. You gave us something that's greater than any monetary handout. You gave us the power of your word that will not return unto you void. And here we are, Lord, standing on your word, calling you like we've never called you before. Somebody needs a breakthrough. Someone needs to know that everything is going to be all right. Lord, we thank you in advance for all that you have already declared is done. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name we pray. And those who know it is so join in with this wonderful song and begin to cry out to the Lord again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, y'all. Do not. Yeah, yeah. One more time. Come on. Exercise your faith and cry out.
as the team softly sing, we want to personally thank you for your faithfulness in worshiping with us. Especially want to thank you for your continuous faithfulness in giving to this ministry and to ministries all over the world. Thank you for allowing the operation of the church to continue every day of the week. We are feeding those that are in need. We're responding to those that are in need. Just on last week, we took food to someone who's 90 years old. And as she opened her door, she said to someone, it's so good that someone has not forgotten about me. Amen. That is the role of the church. The church is not a building. Church is not a place that you come to cut the lights on and have church and cut the lights off and do nothing else in between. What is essential is not the building. What is essential is the ministry of the church. And we say thank you. We also want to invite you to a very special Tuesday night service. A town hall that will be held this Tuesday night. In which we will answer your questions. We will have experts from health. Our very own Dr. Cedric McFadden will be here. Dr. Linda Bell from DHEC, the state epidemiologist. We are so proud of her. She's agreed to come and be a part of this virtual town hall. We will be taking your questions virtually. Amen. We will not have a live audience, but you can respond through Facebook. You can respond through our website. And we will be broadcasting live on WFMV radio station. We thank them for partnering with us to make sure that we can reach those who are not digitally connected. Come and be a part of what God is doing in that service on Tuesday night. Thank you again for all that God is doing in this ministry through your faithfulness. We refuse to allow the enemy to get any glory out of this. In fact, the kingdom is better and stronger than it has ever been before. God bless you. One more time, young people. Come on, tell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm crying. Ah, anyone ready to cry? those hands now may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us now tomorrow and forevermore bless those no matter where they are Lord we thank you it is in your son Jesus name we pray and everybody wherever you are say amen 
Amen. Thank you for being a part of this service. Look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. We'd like to thank our internet audience, especially our first-time viewers, for tuning in. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. Or you can mail a check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share it to your page. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org. Thank you for joining us today. We miss your beautiful faces and the fellowship. Please stay encouraged, stay connected, and stay with God. Again, we say thank you so much for being a part of this service. We ask that you share with your family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. Let them know that although they may be shut in, that they're never shut out. God's word can get to them. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here at Bible Way. We continue to pray for you and for all the ministers all over this world. We want to also remind you that if you need prayer, you can call us anytime here at the church. Someone is always available to pray with you and for you. Again, thank you for being a part of this service. Look forward to seeing you the next time. Join us Tuesday, May 26th at 7 p.m. for our online town hall church meeting. We'll be discussing the resumption of our worship services here at Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. The meeting will be led by Pastors Daryl Jackson and Willie Mae Jackson, Dr. Cedric McFadden, a board-certified surgeon and hosted by me, Sierra Artemis. You can submit questions by Sunday, May 24th to info at bwcar.org or during our live service via our Facebook page. The meeting will also air on our website at bwcar.org and live on the radio through 105.1 FM on the Worship and Word Network.